That song brings back memories. <laughs> Paul Bryan is an Emmy Award-winning automotive journalist, is editor-at-large for Car Coach Reports, and co-host of the His Turn, Her Turn series on YouTube. Paul, thanks for joining us to talk about the UAW strike. It looks like things are going to amp up if something doesn't happen by Friday, right? They do look that way. Nice to be with you again, by the way. Uh, this, is, this is a pretty interesting strike that we've got going on. Uh, one of the base things that you got to remember about all strikes is that everyone deals in hyperbole. Uh, so you, you've got two sides who are both pitching, pitching their platform. But, you know, I, I really got to kind of feel for the UAW on this one because you've got some pretty glaring examples of not sharing the profits the way that they should be. Uh, you, you've got a couple of CEOs, you know, heck, if you take a look at Mary Barra over at General Motors, uh, she's making a, a hot $30 million a year. Uh, Jim Farley is, I guess, about two-thirds of that, right around $22, $22, million a year, which doesn't mean that that's their salary. They've got, like, stock options and, and other things that go with it. But but to a line worker, that's a heck of a lot of money. And then they see the government throwing a heck of a lot of money at the, uh, at the manufacturers, and they're saying, hey, you know what? We we need a little taste of the water here, too. Yeah, so, it's interesting because they're doing that comparison with the CEOs of Japanese car manufacturers, some who are just now getting up to the $6 million range for a salary as a CEO you know, of Toyota or Honda, you know, well-made cars. Right. And they're saying, right. wait a second, how is that fine for them? And why are our CEOs making so much money? And that is part of the demand of the union workers, right? They want more cash. Well, yeah, but but then again, you've just got a little base of capitalism uh, at work there too. It's, it's they're going to get paid whatever they can negotiate. Uh, now, if you take a look at uh, Akio Toyota, you know he's got the advantage. Yeah, he's not making anywhere near that kind of money, but it's his name on the door, you know. So. <laughs> He's not going to be out with a tin cup and some pencils here at any time soon. John Williams had a guest on today, Paul, that said that only 5% of the cost of any car is based or is given to the people that build it. So basically, if if you're, you know, wondering how much any UAW worker gets or what it's going to cost you if the cost of a car goes up, it's just about 5% that takes care of wages. Is that an accurate... It's it's pretty close, you know. The, the auto industry kind of works in the same way that the food industry works, or or even the restaurant industry. They, they work on pretty slim margins. The where they make their money is in the gross number of vehicles that they sell. Uh, that I I think the most interesting part of this particular strike is that Sean Fain, who is the head of the UAW, has targeted. Uh, three plants to start out with, one in Ohio, one in uh, Michigan, and one in Missouri. And he's he's getting ready to add to that list if nothing moves by Friday. And, and I don't see 
I don't see the manufacturers making a whole lot of move right now. And part of what they're saying is, okay, well, I can understand that you want to get more money. Everybody wants more money. And I understand that your money is worth, what, 15, 19% less than it was two and a half years ago, just due to inflation. But, but there's, a, uh, there's a problem here in that the administration is also pushing for heavy, heavy uh, proliferation of electric vehicles that people don't want. And, and it takes about a third fewer people to put together an EV just because you know, there are fewer moving parts. It's easier to assemble, etc. Uh, on an EV, and the UAW says, hey, you know, we're going to be threatened here by cutbacks just because there's such a heavy uh, push to go for electric vehicles. So, Papa. you know, it's... It, oh, <laughs> ciao, Steve. How are you? <laughs> Things are good here at the Vatican. Oh, good. Um, uh, Lisa, one time, when you have a long time, we'll explain that to you, but... <laughs> It seems, though, you know, Paul, when we were hearing about this strike, that it was going to be this $10 billion impact in 10 days or something to that effect. But yet it started kind of with a, a pinprick, right? I mean, is anyone other than those, well, is anyone really feeling it at this point? Well, you know, we're just coming off of COVID and we're coming off of supply chain problems where the dealer inventories are just really pretty much now getting back to where they ought to be so that you're able to walk into just about any dealership at this point and pretty much find whatever it is that you want. Uh, This is going to affect that. It has the potential of affecting that severely. So what's that going to do? Supply goes down, price is going to go back up. And, And we all saw elevated prices throughout COVID uh, that were really hurting car sales. And, and this has the potential of doing that as well. I'm, I'm kind of interested to see whether Fane is going to expand the number of plants that go on strike, or is this going to be a movable feast? And and w- when I say that, you know, is is he going to just keep these three plants on strike and keep everybody moving? Uh, or is he going to choose three completely different stri- uh, strike targets? And it looks like other people. Yeah, people are being hit because this is what I read. They said a component maker in Michigan, CIE Nucor, had to lay off, warns it may have to lay off 293 people. The German based supplier, ZF, said in Michigan they've got to lay off some workers at various sites. And then U.S. Steel here in Illinois and Granite City. Uh, are going into risk mitigation mode. They said the company is evaluating how many of its 1,450 employees will be affected because they're going to have to idle a furnace. Yeah, the, the, the old concept of a car plant where they had one building that made engines and another building that made this part, that part, that part, that model has really changed. If you go through a, a modern assembly plant right now, uh, most everybody operates on what's called just-in-time delivery. And and what that means is that all of their suppliers, like the ones that you just mentioned, Lisa, uh, these, are, these are parts for the vehicle that are made by 
different suppliers, tier one, tier two, tier three suppliers. And those will show up to kind of mesh in as the vehicle goes down the assembly line. And I don't mean like they're laying around for a day or two ahead of the, the need. Some of them will arrive within an hour of when they're needed. So if you're one of those suppliers and all of a sudden you've got a, a line that's halted, uh, and believe me, the, the UIW knows which plants they want to target. It's those plants that make those companies money. Uh, they're going to target F-150 for sure. Now, the added component here is that the, the engines, for instance, on F-150s in, in large part are made in Canada, and they're assembled here. But now the Canadians are talking about going out as well. Okay, uh, can I hold you on that? Do you have a few minutes to hang with us? Because Steve's newscast is already late. So if you got I'd never hold up, Steve. Okay. Paul Bryan is with us. We'll continue this discussion after Steve's news on 720 WGN. Lisa Dent, WGN. Get out of my dreams. Get into my car. 720 WGN. Paul Bryan, Emmy Award-winning automotive journalist, is with us. Thanks for hanging on through the news. Everybody's got questions. And, um, Paul, your old fraternity brother, John Newell in Michigan, sent a text and said, hello. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Another person sent in a text and said, my son-in-law has not gotten a raise since 2009. He's worked for Ford for 25 years. Is that one of the reasons the UAW is on strike? Has it been that long where people have received yeah, raises? You know, in, in, in the, the last big strike that they had, they set up a two-tiered system of pay. And there had to be a cutoff date. And some of the people that were uh, who joined Ford after that went into the lower tier and others stayed in the top tier. Uh, any negotiation, there are going to be some winners and some losers, and 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 that is the worker that the UAW is really concerned about right now. Because you know, heck, you you can go to a, a Culver's and make walleye sandwiches for eighteen bucks. Yeah. So if if you're putting together uh, automobiles, you you certainly should be uh, able to make more money than that. Especially in in light of the profits that we see and the money that the government is throwing at the automobile industry right now, they got a point. Now, thirty two thirty two hour work weeks, yeah, I don't think really it's kind of flawed. Right, uh, Stephen Elgin said the price of vehicles went way up during COVID when chips were in short supply. When things return to normal, the prices didn't go down. Now it looks like they might go up again due to the strike. Is that where they will stay when the strike is over? Because Steve feels like consumers keep getting ripped off. No, I, I don't think. I, I think I, I can't think of, of an industry where it's more applicable that the, the basic laws of supply and demand go into play. Uh, if supply is out there, there is going to be a dealer that's going to want your business more than the other dealer, and he's going to cut his price down. Now, on the other hand, there are some cars that are in very short supply or specialty cars where the the markups are still crazy high. 
if you wanted one of the new electric Corvettes uh, that they're building right now, you better be ready to pay fifty, seventy-five, even a hundred thousand dollars over the list. Why? Because they're in very short supply. Uh, should the pro- should the president of the United States be involved in this negotiation? Well, the president said he's the most union-friendly president ever, uh, and yet it's some of the president's policies that are part of the problem. Uh, you've got you've got the Secretary of Energy, the Secretary of Transportation, the the whole administration that's really pushing heavily for electric vehicles, and you got two problems: a people don't want them. B, what we talked about before, is that that causes fewer jobs uh, on the line to put them together. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a real conundrum. And when so the prices are... Do, do, oh, do, do I want them in? Do I want them in those negotiations? Yeah, not at this point. Yeah. And are the elevated car prices, somebody wants to know, does that go to the manufacturer or the dealer? The, the elevated car prices? Yeah, or is that just covering the price to well, build a car? Well, then no, that's the dealer. You know, that's that's uh, added value markup, and that just boils down to whatever the market will bear. And, Paul, I know that we have, you know, gotten beyond most of the supply chain issues, but I bought a new Toyota 4Runner in March and still haven't received my second key fob. Oh, that's a long that's a long wait, right? They, they keep saying, "Well, we're just waiting for them to come in." I'm thinking, "Well, that's kind of odd." Well, it is odd, but maybe what they're trying to do there, and and I'd be happy to give the Toyota folks a call and ask about your your key fob. But, but what may be happening is that they've got enough. They they'd rather put their allocation into that first fob and get the unit out the door and ready for sale then have the duplicity of having many key fobs for for each vehicle they put out. And I kind of get that, but boy, that seems like a long time to be Yeah, that's what I thought, too. (laughs) Um, And and when they, it looks like they are going to amp up this strike on Friday. Do you anticipate that things will get resolved, or do you anticipate a very long process? I think it's going to go beyond Friday. I, I I don't think that the car makers are going to blink by Friday. All right. Well, then we'll be talking with you again. Well, that would be a nice thing. It's always <laughs> nice to be with you. We adore you. That is Paul Bryan, editor-at-large for Car Coach Reports and co-host of the His Turn, Her Turn series on YouTube. We always appreciate his input. Coming up next, Demetrius Ivory joins us right before he's going to jump on WGN-TV at 4 o'clock. Mary's got the current temp and a check on weather.